0: You are listening to the Creative Business Success Podcast, where we translate left-brain business jargon and strategies for right-brain creatives like you. Our mission is to help you transform from starving artist to thriving creative and create a business and career you love without the overwhelming confusion. Hey, I'm Jen, the creative business strategist behind the Creative Entrepreneurs Lab, and I am honored to be your guide through this sometimes crazy creative business maze. You can be a thriving creative entrepreneur, and this podcast is here to help you along the way. Okay, so Crystal over at Crystal Clear Photography is a killer product photographer. If you're a product-based creative entrepreneur and you haven't checked out her work, you definitely should. I invited her onto the podcast today to share her best tips to help you improve your product photography. It doesn't have to be as hard as it may seem, I promise. All right, Crystal, why don't you introduce yourself real quick and let everyone know a little bit about you. Hi, I'm Crystal.
1: I'm a content director and commercial product photographer over at Crystal Clear Photography. I have been in business for five years and serve primarily the product-based business owner um, who's looking to kind of step up their Instagram game. So I really help them take their photos to the next level. I also direct their content and styling and everything that goes on within their photo world.
0: And if you want to just give everybody a little quick overview of what we are probably going to talk about today and then we'll jump in.
1: Okay. um, So today we're just going to go over some of my favorite tips when it comes to shooting your own product photography photos. Many business owners are still doing things on their own, which is, you know, where we've all been at one point in our lives, yep. um, and myself. So I want to make sure that you guys have got plenty of tips and we talk about some of the struggles and things that those business owners are facing and how you can fix your photo problems.
0: All right, let's get going then. So what is one of the biggest things that you find your clients and students tend to run into when doing product photography?
1: Yeah, I would say just One of the biggest struggles that I've heard from most of everybody is lighting. Uh, Lighting can be super tricky uh, depending on what your setup is. Um, there's a lot of different factors. It can be your setup in general. Sometimes people forget just the basic L-shaped setup and bouncing light back. So having two boards versus just the one board, even though you feel like just looking at your window, there's tons of light coming in. It's completely different, you know, the game whenever you actually pull out your camera or your phone and you go to take the picture and you realize there's not as much light. And if you're shooting anything flat, which most people like to shoot their product photos flat, there's even going to be less lighting because you're laying it down and the lighting isn't being projected directly onto the board. So you've got to bounce light back. Another tip that I could give people who are struggling with that, you know, go ahead and pull up your blinds and filter your light. So whether you take a white sheet or a t-shirt or you know whatever you got, something that's white is the key part because you want the light to still come through. You just want to diffuse it a little bit. So if you do have a window that has a lot of light coming in, maybe it's east or west facing, which isn't always ideal sometimes, um, and the light's really bright, just diffuse it with a sheet or you know something like that that you can just kind of quickly tack up over the window just to soften your light. It'll soften your shadows and give you better even light across your spread.
0: Speaking of shadows, I know that's something because I've, I've tried doing some like flat light photography of my own in the past. I, I dabble with photography myself and I know shadows are always one of those things that a lot of people struggle with, especially if you're doing three-point, like bad three-point lighting <laughs> you've got like lights pointed at the different angles. So do you have any tips for folks to eliminate or reduce shadows while they're doing their product photography?
1: Yeah. So eliminating it is really, like you said, really hard to do unless you're hitting light all sides. There's always, and you want a little bit of shadow in most cases to add some dimension. So the whiteboard, um, like the L shape is definitely going to help soften that lighting. Another tip that's going to help soften the shadows that you've got is to also push it back a little bit. Sometimes your light source is too harsh. If you can't control your light source because it's not like a light setup where you can kind of adjust the dials and everything, try moving it back just a little bit. Um, maybe it's too close to that window because that window's east facing and you're shooting in the morning and the sun's really hitting it hard. Try backing it away just a little bit so it's not so close to the sun and not hitting it so hard. But diffusing it should also take care of a lot of those harsh shadow issues.
0: And I know a lot of folks also like to use ring lights these days. Is that something you recommend? And if so, do you have any tips on that?
1: I personally am not a big fan of the ring light. <laughs> um, it's very inconsistent. A lot of times, it's not enough light mm-hmm. in the right kind of places to make the photos look well. My recommendation would be to—I mean, for the cost of, especially like the big ring lights,
0: like a hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, they're pretty expensive. So it's like you could get on Amazon for the same price as one of those and get yourself two softbox lights that are natural lights and use that instead. At least the lighting will be a little bit more even spread and a little bit more controllable. Whereas again, ring lights really just not meant for that. So if you're not, you know, doing beauty photos and showing people with pretty eyelashes and things like that, I would kind of stay away from the ring lights when it comes to your flat lays or your product photos.
0: Yeah. And so I know soft boxes are usually pretty easy to set up and store and a lot of them fold down these days. So they don't even have to take up any extra room.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And a lot of them come with carrying bags. So it makes it super easy to just store it and put it away and then only pull it out when you need it. But it's more consistent lighting. It's just a little bit better overall. <laughs> and you don't have to be professional to do it.
0: So, <laughs> And they're actually not expensive either. Like they, because I was researching uh-huh. You, a decent set is not that bad.
1: No, no. I mean, if you're getting one that's just a constant light, um, that doesn't have the strobes. Mm-hmm. Strobes are when the light actually flashes, for those of you who don't know. So if the light actually flashes, like when a photographer snaps their shutter and you see the light flash, that's called a strobe light. So you can get just regular soft boxes that are just constant lights and they're even run by these gigantic light bulbs that are soft light light bulbs. So it's super easy. It's nothing complicated. You don't have to have a trigger or anything like that to get it to flash and do anything crazy. I think, they, I think they're running in anywhere from like 50 to maybe 100 bucks or so and sometimes you can get them in a set for you know close to a little under 100 bucks yep
0: that's about what I was seeing
1: yeah it's worth the investment if you're going to try to do it on your own
0: yeah because I mean you figure you sell a couple items using those soft boxes where they look better so people are more likely to buy them and you've made your investment back for a lot of folks
1: exactly exactly
0: All right. So once you've mastered your lighting, another thing a lot of folks struggle with is figuring out how to style and stage their products. So I know a lot of folks will just do it on a flat white background, but some will put other things in their shots. I had one client who, she did her own product photography and it was great. And she would just, she did jewelry. So she'd put it on a little mannequin stand and then put just a little color complementary piece of like flowers or something like that in the shot. So I'd love to get your tips on how to stage and style stuff and what the best practices for both artists and makers might be.
1: Absolutely. So styling, I think is like the second biggest struggle for most of, <laughs> <laughs> most of the business owners because um, you want to have a pretty photo. Some people are like, oh, how do you get this minimalistic look? And um, without it feeling like it literally just looks like you need more things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, I would say some of the biggest tips are to first change your mindset. Um, It's not necessarily about the way you want things to look, but how you want your ideal audience wants them to look and how your product is is staged or how your product would work. So I always stop and go, okay, who's your ideal client? Most people are like, well, everybody. Well, that's not true. (laughs) So we need to start there then.
0: (laughs) Yep. We have an episode on on branding. So we'll refer back to that too.
1: There you go. Yeah. So yeah, so you guys refer to that episode when it comes to branding, if you don't even know who your ideal audience is. But if you have a general idea of the type of people who buy from you, the ones that are following you on Instagram, you know, think about how they use the products. What kind of things are they talking to you about when they leave a review about your product? And did they take it when they were traveling? You know, do they use it in their bathroom? Is it like a beauty product or something that they might consistently have? And then work backwards from there. Okay, so this person has, um, let's take a body butter, for example, because that's kind of an easy example to use. You have a body butter that you're trying to sell and your ideal audience generally is probably going to put on a body butter in the morning when they're getting ready, post shower and things like that. So some type of bathroom setup or some type of tile background. Uh, maybe you like white, but you could pick white hexagon tiles or white subway tiles or something to stay within the similar family of how you like to shoot things and how you want your photos to look, but tailoring it a little bit more to your ideal audience. So you can have just the tile. Maybe you've got a pretty towel and you just lay it out and you make it messy and you can stick your prop in there. Sometimes making a mess of things also helps. I actually have people practice whenever I did the course as a workshop, I had people practice and just making a mess. Like stop trying to make everything so perfect because sometimes the nicely laid mess of a towel or a blanket or things like that really help as well. So thinking about how your ideal audience use it will help you decide what setup you want. And then from there, taking the props and things like that and thinking about how you use them when you're getting ready in the morning yourself, like literally look and stop and say, what's on my vanity right now? Like what, (laughs) what's around all of my stuff and pull things like that. Obviously you probably want to pull some brand new things (laughs) so that the props and everything look nice, but throw in some, you know, unused makeup brushes, you know, do, do those kinds of things that feel natural. It's when we're trying to make it super artistic and get really creative that sometimes it falls apart for you. So just always take it back to, you know, what does this person do on a daily basis? How is this product used? And what kinds of things can I pull in from that to add to the photo and give it a little bit more element?
0: Because you definitely want your ideal audience to imagine themselves using the product. And if, if their bathroom is a complete mess and you're putting it on this perfectly styled white background and everything looks perfect, they're not going to be able to see it. So yeah, something a lot of folks forget.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're showing off the texture of your product and it's just like a picture, you're just wanting to show that it's, you know, a pretty whipped body butter or something like that. It's a little bit different. It's okay to have it a little more minimal. But when you're trying to do something that's a little more styled, that's going to attract attract your audience that people are going to relate to. You got to get a little more creative with how are they using it? Where are they using it? You know, and stopping and really thinking about those types of things. And that's some of the stuff that I go over in the course is just getting in that mindset of your ideal client. And it helps start there to make sure that you're able to actually style and pick the right things that make sense.
0: And I know we have a lot of folks who make things like jewelry and things that would be worn. So do you have any suggestions for doing any kind of lifestyle shots, something where someone's actually wearing it and it's not just setting something up and taking a picture, but you got to work with someone actually wearing it and stuff?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing is I feel like people always think that they're going to be a little offensive if they direct a friend or somebody on like what to wear or <laughs> things like that. But it's super, super important. So as a commercial photographer, that's part of what I do. I actually send a list to any model that we're working with saying, here's the type of products. here's the brand colors that this product um, you know, is, is surrounded um, by. And you know, here are the types of tones and things that you need to wear. So really make sure that you, if you have a few friends that are going to help you, that they understand and they appreciate, and that you have them instructed. If you're wearing, you know, a necklace, you're probably going to want a v-neck shirt, probably going to want something that has a little bit of skin to show that it's, you know, being worn, but you're probably not going to want something that's like magenta pink, like my shirt, um, when you've got, you know, a pretty blue product or something. So think about the product needs to be the focal point. So, Instruct your models to wear neutral tones. Have them wear whites. You know, feel free to to tell them to change directions so that the lighting is flattering. Um, they're there to help you, so you need to make sure that you instruct them based on what you like and how you feel like your product needs to be shown off.
0: And uh, have you worked with artists very often? I have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of the artists in the audience, I know struggle with product photography too because they feel like there's only so much you can do with art. that You can like hold it or you can stick it on a wall or an easel or something like that. Do you have any tips for them to make their product photography more engaging and just more enticing for their their clients? Do Crystal's tips have you ready to dive into your product photography too? Then I've got great news. Crystal has an entire course on how to create on-brand product photography using her flat lay method. I'm going through the course myself right now and it's amazing. Crystal walks you through camera and flat lay basics, how to find the perfect props and style your photos, and even what to do after you shoot them. It's thorough and really helpful if you want to do your own product photography. And bonus tip, Crystal also has a presets mini course so you can swipe from most used presets for lighting and clarity as well as indoor studio setups and use them for your own product photography. The mini course includes a guide so you know what to do with them too. Crystal even has a create your content bundle, which is pretty cool. It includes a photography shot list, color palette, copywriting tips and formulas for social media, and awesome things like that. So you can stop worrying about what content to post. If you want to check it all out, just go to thecelab.com slash crystal. Yeah, I would do different
1: styled setups. So I have a gal who does a lot of creative prints and occasionally she will make a set of prints and she sends them to me because she wants me to photograph them in different setups. So I always think uniquely like people forget that it's might be, you know, a cute print that could potentially go in a nursery. So we stage the nursery. It could be a print that could go over a seating area. So we pull over a cute tufts chair and lay out a throw and some books and glasses and you know it's just all the little details and things that kind of go into it and maybe even of hanging it on the wall, you set it in the chair because it looks cute. So just think about, you know, like when you're going through your house, like where might you set a print? How, you know, do you see yourself using it in different spaces and really styling the whole area to make it feel different? Because then next time you could change it up completely. You can get a completely different chair. You can throw in some different colors uh, that match that particular print um, and really get a little more creative with it. The other tip is to, and I know a lot of artists hate doing this, but put yourself in the photos. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, work with someone um, who can you know capture some pictures of you actually painting or or doing some of the actual making of the product itself is a powerful impact to a lot of people because they see the detail and the, you know, the time and and everything that you put into your product. So, you know, whether it's, you know, an easel in a nice place and you're just standing there painting and they're getting a picture of your brushstroke and some things like that, that you could do that are just nice detailed shots. And you can have a friend kind of pop in and help you do that. Um, is a great way of kind of showing off a product without necessarily having to show off the whole product.
0: That also gives you a lot of fodder for social media and stuff too. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of my artist clients has a friend who's a photographer and she's like, Hey, I need a model. Can I come and do some portfolio shots for you? And you can have some branding shots. And it worked out great because both of them got some good stuff out of that. And her branding shots are just amazing. And she uses yeah. them everywhere on social media.
1: I think as artists and creative minds, we like for people to see things, but it lets people get enveloped in your story. Like, you know, you... There's a reason you create, there are things that motivate you to create. And so when you get a chance to do the branding photography side of it and show that off and show kind of what you do in your process and the mixing of the different colors and all of these details and things that go into it, um, people get real passionate about that kind of thing. They really love to see all of that detail. They, they know they might not be able to do it themselves, but they just love to see it and watch it and, you know, feel like they're a part of this whole process that you do. So like branding photography is the other half of of what I do is it's helping those makers translate that so that you can use that on social media and help people relate to you better.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because that is definitely something that the folks need to remember no matter whether you're an artist or even another photographer yep. and just get some get some good action shots.
1: Yeah you gotta get in front of the camera even if your face isn't in it like I said it could just be your hands and things but you know just start somewhere. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So once everybody has mastered the lighting, they've figured out how to style their shots and all that kind of good stuff, then it always comes to editing. And I know that's something that a lot of folks don't quite know what to do with. They might've gotten some presets for something to go and rebalance the white balance or whatever they've done. Some people don't edit at all. So when it comes to editing, what would be some tips that you would give creative entrepreneurs for that?
1: Absolutely. So, editing, first off, Lightroom's easiest. Whether you're doing phone photography, it's actually a free um, app. Most people don't know that Lightroom is free on your phone. So, you can download it on your phone and use Lightroom for free there, or you can have it on your desktop. If you're using your camera, I would recommend the desktop version. But I would say some of the consistent things that I notice, you know, turning up the clarity a little bit. And when I say a little bit, I don't mean like you know, plus 25 or plus 50. That's pretty drastic. I mean, just just enough to give a little bit more detail to the photo and the product. So maybe like, you know, five to 10 points or so. Definitely adjusting your white balance, like you said, if you don't have some kind of preset or something to do that for you. But going in and just adjusting the temperature a little bit on the photo, because sometimes your photos might feel too cool. And you're like, why does my white look so blue or so gray? Whereas somebody else looks really pristine. <laughs>
0: yeah. And could you explain temperature real quick for some of the folks who may not know what that is?
1: Yeah, so temperature is just it is just like it's a color spectrum. So it's like the the blues and the reds. So it's like the the warmth of the image. So for example, if you took an image and you had it, say, backed up to a, a window that was east-facing in the morning, and the sun's hitting it really hard, the image might be really warm, which means it'll have more of the orangey tones, um, it'll be overexposed more than likely, <laughs> things like that, versus if you're shooting in a shade, or maybe it's a cooler day or a cloudier day, and the lighting's a little bit softer coming in, it might be more blue-ish. And you'll, you'll probably notice this when I say it, if you go back and kind of look at your photos, a lot of people generally start to notice whether it looks a little more bluish or a little bit warmer where it's more on the yellows and the oranges side of things. So that's the temperature of your photo. So you can kind of adjust that and control that back and forth. It also helps control the colors and your whites and things like that as well. So learning to adjust your temperature of your image is going to make a difference. Adjusting your clarity is going to make a difference. And then also playing around a little bit with your shadows and your brightness because sometimes you're just not making the images a little bit brighter or toning up your whites a little bit to make the photo brighter to make sure that your whites are actually true white. Things like that tend to be issues that a lot of people face when it
0: comes to editing their photos. And so you mentioned Lightroom on your phone. So I know a lot of people go back and forth on the debate of phone versus camera when it comes to this kind of thing because some folks have a dslr even if they're not a professional photographer and some folks just have their phone whether it's android or iphone so i don't know where you tend to fall on that debate
1: yeah so (laughs) um i'm always as a professional gonna side with you should have a camera and lightroom should be on your computer
0: get a used one on craigslist and stuff for a pretty decent price usually
1: Right. And sometimes even photographers will sell like old equipment stuff that they have. So it's like you can join, there's certain like photography swap groups on Facebook that you can get on there and find a photographer selling their camera, you know, for two or 300 bucks or something like that. So yeah, you can get a good camera out there. It is obtainable. <laughs> so whether you're, you're grabbing a camera that's used or new, um, having a camera is always going to be the best. Learning how to use your camera is going to be the next biggest thing to help you. That means go to, to the University of YouTube, and search the model of camera that you have and just do a camera how-to and just look at the overviews because they're going to talk to you about how to you know look at your settings how to get familiar with it just to know where things are so you can kind of control a little bit more and then making sure that Lightroom is on your desktop so it's going to be best in terms of clarity the resolution of your images the ability to edit your images and things like that are always going to be done better when you're shooting from a camera and transferring it to desktop Um, where I see people face issues is if they're shooting on their camera and they transfer it to their phone and then they use Lightroom and then it gets compressed again <laughs> because then you try to go upload it to Instagram and then you're like, oh, my photo looks really fuzzy. And it looks nothing like the one that I took on my camera. I don't understand what happened. So it's just, you know, it's kind of how you're handling the file. I mean, first off transferring it to your phone. A lot of times your phone will automatically resize something because it's not meant to hold large files. Braves are huge. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're massive files. Especially if you start doing that consistently, you'll see it bogs down your phone and your phone gets slower because you need to delete some of those <laughs> files. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're really big files. So, you know, you're transferring a big file onto your, phone, so your phones, your phone's going to compress it. And then you're going into Lightroom, which is going to need to port it over. Then you're going to make adjustments and stuff to it. And then you're going to export it. And when you export it, um, you know, it comes up with its own set of options on how you can size it. So if you're not picking the appropriate size, again, could get, compressed and then you take it over to Instagram and you're right. It's not exactly the way that it used to be. That's why as professionals we invest in just having the software on our desktop for you know 20 or 30 bucks a month to take our images, be able to edit them here, have the highest resolution that we can on our images and then taking them over to social media and uploading them from there. So my best practice and recommendation is just, you know, if you've got it on your desktop and you want to you know upload it to social media, have Dropbox or Google Drive. They both have free options. Start a folder that says, hey, this is going to be my product photos and drop them in there. Go on the app on your phone, pull it up, grab the photo, and then upload it. And then just make sure to delete it so that you don't bog down your
0: phone by then having a bunch of high resolution photos. (laughs) If you have Amazon Prime, you can always use the Prime photos too.
1: Yep. I was going to say, there's there's so many options now that are coming out that you can easily store them on your desktop and be able to access it on your phone and just make it a lot easier of a process making sure that the quality of your photo stays where it should be.
0: As long as you're not sending it back and forth between your computer and your phone many times. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, All righty. See, are there any other tips and tricks that you you want to share with folks? I know we covered a lot, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we did cover a lot. I would just say practice, 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 practice makes perfect. (laughs) And I'll say that because it sounds like so cliche and everyone's like, yeah, 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 practice, whatever. But it's so true. I mean, how do you think that the photographers and other creatives or heck, even yourself have gotten as far as you have in your business? It's by taking what you do and perfecting that craft and photography is a craft as well. So if you don't practice, you don't use it, you do lose it and you don't get better at it. So if you want your photos to get better, if you want to be able to continue to keep that kind of in-house for yourself at this point in time, make sure to carve out some time to practice and and find out what setups are working, find out what lighting is working, move around to a few different places within your home to see what you like and what you don't like, um, and really make sure that you just make those tweaks and continue to improve yourself.
0: And I know you have a course on product photography too, so if you want to just tell everybody just a little bit about that in case they want to learn more, and then we'll link to that in the show notes too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a course called the Flatlay Method. I named it the Flatlay Method because it literally is my method and mindset from start to finish on how I think about doing a product shoot. So I work with tons of companies all over the U.S. and I have perfected my own kind of method of how you should go about reaching your ideal photo. And I've had a five-star rating and over 3,000 course enrollees. So I can tell you that it definitely does work. And I don't like to brag. I want it to work. (laughs) I want you to tag me on Instagram. So, if you're interested in checking out the course, there's a video overview, but it starts with the mindset, knowing your ideal audience, how you can pick out props, how to do a setup. There's plenty of photo demos, and I even give you some homework so you can kind of learn a step by step process with a little bit of homework and some things to practice. And that way, by the time you reach the end of the course, um, which is completely self driven, you feel confident, you're able to photograph something really well, and hopefully have corrected and been able to fix a lot of the issues that you have um, in your current process right now. So um, like I said, it's the, the full method, the full gamut from start to finish.
0: <laughs> like I said, we'll definitely make sure to link to that in the show notes. So if anyone wants to check that out, they will be down there. And before we wrap up, if you want to just tell everybody where they can find you online so they can follow you on Instagram and check out your website and all that good stuff.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram daily at crystal clear photography AZ. So don't forget the AZ because I am here in Arizona, but yeah, it's crystal clear photography AZ. And then my website is crystal clear photography AZ.com. So you can find me at either place. If you have any questions, I'm always happy to be a resource and a tool to the business owners out there. So feel free to reach out and let me know what you think.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing these tips and tricks with us, Crystal. This was amazing. I know this is going to help a lot of folks with their product photography.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. I love always going through and kind of diving into these you know, issues and, and things I think we all kind of talk about or want to talk about, but uh, we're a little ashamed that our photos don't look like we want them to. So <laughs> it was fun. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Creative Business Success Podcast. I hope you got some great takeaways from this episode and if you want some accountability to help you follow through on those takeaways you should join us over in our facebook group called the lab for creative entrepreneurs i'd love to see you in there and hear what your biggest aha moment was don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and make sure to leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast it helps other creatives discover the podcast and learn along with you until next time